0: I'm giving my choreography as a guide. Add your signature, add your personality on it.
1: Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Live This episode is brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, online platform where you can get access to all my teaching materials at once. Hundreds of technique drills, multiple choreographies, themed intensives, full-length courses, everything you can think about. Whether 20 minutes or few hours for practice, you will find a program that will fit not only your schedule, but your mood as well. First 7 days are free, so check it out at yanadanceclub.com link in the show notes. Hello, dear dancers! Welcome back to the Belly Dance Live podcast. I'm so happy you tuned in in our today's episode. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about fears and performance anxiety and specifically dance fears that we have. And one of the rare current things was... Forgetting choreography, freezing up, and basically being like that on stage, <laughs> which underlines, uh, in many cases, this fear, resistance to improvisation, because if you can improvise then you're not really that worried about forgetting choreography because you know you have that back up uh, skill in your toolbox, let's say. But one of the scariest improvisations specifically is drum solo and I know many dancers have a lot of resistance about it. That's why I'm extremely happy that this week we are releasing a new program at the Yana Dance Club online ballet dance training, specifically focused on drum solo improvisation and uh, helping dancers to understand the structure the nuances and things to be ready when they will have opportunity to actually perform with a live drum solo they have an idea what to expect because yes we call it improvisation but if you think about that drum solo specifically drum solo improvisation it has certain structure it has certain rules and even this sort of block of like, okay, how to move, how to react because many dancers start pushing so many movements there like, I don't want to be boring other dancers uh, kind of get lost and don't know what to do because it's too many dooms and tucks around them and they can't catch anything some dancers start trying to predict music and then it's like, oh, that doesn't work it's a drum solo improvisation not only for you, but for musician too so I'm really happy in collaboration with Pedro Bonata, who was one of our previous guests on the podcast to release this program which we also recorded in Cappadocia our recent trip to Turkey which I also mentioned briefly um, previously but if you follow me on social media you probably saw a lot of our adventures there and now I'm happy really to release this program we are gonna dance in ancient Caves in Ottoman, real Ottoman mansion with hot air balloons flying around us. So there will be a lot of visual inspiration Inspiring sort of a distraction <laughs> to to work to, for your work for dance, uh, to improve your dance skills, but it's kind of distraction that hopefully will only encourage and inspire you to move on and work more on uh, improving your dance skills. And this program is already uh, has started at the Yana Dance Club. You can either join us now and uh, participate in the interactive part and even have it get a chance to win cool gifts from Turkey from Cappadocia or you can do it on your own time whatever feels more comfortable for you but all that you can find at yanadansclub.com and speaking about musicality because drum solo improvisation of course it's a lot about musicality and how our body reacts to music but so speaking about musicality I am extremely honored to introduce our today's guest because in my mind he's like the master of musicality of music sensitivity or music interpretation of uh, melodies and rhythms and on all underlying uh, like layers of instruments in every song to interpret them through body through movement through dance yusri sharif a native to cairo his dance talents shone through at the tender age of seven he grew up trained in egyptian folkloric dancing as well as various other dance forms, including jazz, classical ballet, flamenco. He has worked with various very influential choreographers and teachers back in Egypt, performing with different troops. And after moving to New York in the 80s, he has started his own dance academy to educate dancers in what the world has come to adore as Yusri Sharif oriental style while preserving the spirit of traditions he definitely takes the dance to a contemporary level and beyond in our today's conversation we talked about different stages of Yusri Sharif's life starting from beginning of his dance journey in Egypt his training his performances back then moving to his performance in uh, New York, which later kind of inspired him to travel and move there. And, of course, his um, US chapter of life, then he moved to New York, he started teaching and how things evolved and grew up and uh, are happening right now we also talked a lot about his teaching approach because he is definitely known for a couple of things related specifically to teaching style as well as his uh, uh, choreographing style and his choreographies i personally will add a note for me i absolutely adore and uh They have so much richness. I had the pleasure to take several workshops during my dance journey, uh, specifically with Yusuf Sharif. And those choreographies, they literally blew your mind. So if... Anyone who is listening had never had this opportunity. If you ever will have by joining some festival, do not miss it. Go and check it out because it's absolutely amazing to see such a master in work, in life, uh, creating and sharing his creations. It's really, really valuable. And of course, we also talked about music music sensitivity, uh, his music interpretations, visions, literally visions, and, of course, his work on CDs, how he creates, produces, and... uh, all things around that this is one of those conversations that i'm extremely happy that it happened and we did it and we documented it and i am extremely happy to share it now with you so on this note let's dive in I am today extremely excited and very honored to uh, welcome our guest at the Bella Dance Life podcast, and thank you so much, Mr. Sharif, to joining us today and to sharing your time with us and to share your uh, dance and art uh, experience with us today. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs>
0: okay it's you know I'm really glad you know uh, to share with you guys you know and uh, this interview and to give you some uh, of what you don't know about me
1: Mm -hmm. well one thing that I do know about you is that you (laughs) were involved in dance since childhood but Can you tell us a little bit more about those times that you were just introduced and your love and passion to dance just start growing and how was it? And I know you were involved not only in Egyptian dance, you also had training in different styles of dancing. So how was your childhood? How did it went in terms of relationship to dance, music and art in general?
0: All right, let's start, you know, uh, first of all, I'm a native of Cairo. Uh, the dance and singing and acting, all this starts with me like since I was seven years old. I don't know how. It just, you can say, you know, is a gift from God or whatever. uh In 1960, the TV, you know, production start, you know, like in Cairo, the broadcasting. And uh, I was imitating everything I see in a TV between acting and singing, you know, and uh, I just find myself like celebrity of my family, like in a weekend, you know, we have like uh a snack or whatever and i start like giving them entertain them between mm. singing you know and acting you know like everything like from tv and uh, of course it affected me in the school i was also celebrity in the school you know like in the graduation you know gala show at the end of the year i was like the lead the leader or the principal you know of that group you know the singing and dancing and even one of the chairman of the school told my mother you know because my mother she was really supporting me you know going with me everywhere and uh, they told her you know like take care of him he's going to be something you know in the future so of course i didn't know all that i didn't care i just i love what i'm doing Mm. I just related to art you know so it started growing with me you know all the time uh, till uh, 1970 uh, I start really you know like working professionally you know with uh, most of uh, choreographer and teachers in Egypt. Uh, I remember, you know, like the first one, the first teacher, which he was like a big influence on me. His name is uh, Sharif Adel. And in fact, he was Greek. But he was working, you know, like in Cairo. Uh, Even you can see him in old movies, you know, with uh, Katie and Nelly Muslim and all this, you know, all dancers
1: mm-hmm. in
0: black and white movies, you know, so, but he was great and he was in, uh, like creating a, a new group, you know, and I was lucky to be one of the member, you know, he chose to start with him. Of course, he gave us like, uh, ideas about classic ballet, you know, like to help us, you know, like to hold our body and uh, to clean the lines, to clean the arms, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And after, you know, like I start involving with uh, most of the famous choreographer, working with the big artists, you know, I appear in many movies, many, you know, uh, TV shows, and like I did it all, mostly. All this when I was uh, studying, you know, like, uh, it didn't stop. It didn't stop with me. And until I became like involved with the university, I was training, you know, uh, the students, you know, like in the universities, you know, and uh, like, I'm giving you a short, you know, like mm-hmm. paragraph, yeah. you know, about my life was art and dance, you know, and uh, till 1980, that's I came, I touched America in uh, Egyptian film festival in New York City, you know, and uh, I was with Nagwa Fuat as a principal dancer. And we perform in uh, New York City, Washington DC, and New Jersey for the Arab community. And uh, this trip changed all my life. And uh, not only me, and also all the dancers they study with me, you know, or I trained them, you know, and I was a mentor for them. And uh, at the time I met, like when I was performing in, uh, in New York City, I got the chance to meet with uh, one of the biggest teacher, choreographer in New York, his name is uh, Bobby Farah, which he was like astonished, you know, by my performance. And he invited me to be one of his, uh, member of his uh, company and to teach with him in his school in New York City. This is like, uh, came after and i start from there and in fact you know uh, there is a small uh, point here that's when i came to new york like to teach it, the egyptian dancer wasn't really you know like the, i mean like egyptian dancing wasn't really uh, well known put it this way Uh, It was like Turkish and Armenian and Lebanese and, you know, but it wasn't really uh, an Egyptian dance here. So that's, it gave me a big opportunity, you know, like, to start. Uh, And I kept going. Like, start teaching. Will start knowing me. I combine, you know, like the the traditional folk dance with the oriental dance, what we call it. You know, they call it here belly dancing, like in the state, you know, and uh, but I prefer, you know, rocks, sharky, you know, like the way we know it, you know, in Egypt. Uh, and I, uh, I put my troupe together, you know, Yosri Sharif and Samil And after I founded, you know, uh, the Sharif Academy of Oriental Dance here in New York City.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I started producing CDs.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: You know, after. and we started uh, producing CDs. Wash uh, Your Wash it went known all over the world, you know, and after I started producing for other dancers, you know, so total like about 20 CDs I produced. Uh, I've been like recognized, you know, by uh, New York Times and most of the important dance magazine and the Hall of Fame, the American Academy of Hall of Fame, you know, in New York City and I spend most of my life in an aeroplane, traveling from one country to the other, you know. I have a lot of uh, people studying with me. I became like a big teacher now, you know, without mentioning any name. I love all of them, you know, of course, you know, and uh, I just give my life to art. And till now, And that's what I'm doing, you know, I wish I can give them more, you know, I try as much as I can. Uh, They give me many titles, which I don't care, you know, about it, like legendary, you know, uh, Master of Masters, you know, and all this kind of. uh, The title, you know, doesn't mean anything, you know, what it counts. It's what you give, you know, people, you know, and I think I succeeded you know, doing this. So, that's my, you know, my story, you know, with dancing, like a short, you know.
1: Well, those are just highlights. (laughs) 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 Well, there are, so many questions right now on my mind and uh, there are, of course this is just highlights and thanks for sharing and um, it's interesting also what you highlighted uh, from your perspective because one thing is that what we can read in biography what we can research but it's also interesting how artists like as a person like which exact moments uh, that person will highlight so that was very interesting to hear from you but i also want to dig a little bit deeper pretty much on every chapter of what you've mentioned (laughs) so coming back to egypt before you you came to to us uh, you mentioned that you were combining dance activities with study and with university. Which degree did you do? Which other, like, did you think about alternative profession rather than dancer or was it something related to dance? (laughs)
0: Uh, No, I, you know, after uh, I graduated, you know, like, uh, of course, I served the army, you know, like, and I was really, you know, like, trying to uh, continue my life, you know, uh, with my profession, not dancing, you know, the other profession, you know, but, uh, I felt, you know, like, I'm not in the right road, you know, so I gotta, I gotta go back to art, Mm. you know, I felt something missing.
1: (laughs) I see and you also mentioned that uh, you were performing together with uh, like egyptian like troops like with different choreographers but i'm really curious back then like what kind of events were like the performances uh like were taking place was it only like i don't know like movies or were like some other i don't know festivals or Like, already, like, I don't know, back then, was it popular for troops to perform at, like, weddings? Or Can you tell a little bit more about this history? Because we see a lot how it is happening now in Egypt, what is happening, but it's very interesting to hear what was, like, 30, like, uh, years ago or so, what was happening back then, in terms of, like, Uh. troops and folkloric troops.
0: All right. Uh, so here is a story everybody knows. Of course, you know at that time, you know there is two famous uh, group, which is Reda Group and Kaumea Group, which is international troupe in Cairo, and uh, of course two different style, uh, two different dance uh, uh, program, and but. There is, it was outside also like private groups, you know, like they work in, you know, you know, when you work with government troops, uh, there is some control, you know, like you are not allowed to work outside and you're taking salary by the end, you know, of the months, you know, and da 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 da. So as a government employee, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: employer, and, uh, but I prefer, you know, like to uh, work outside with the private, you know, uh, private groups, this has give you more freedom, you know, you don't have to be like, uh, under, uh, under any rules from the government. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it gives you more flexibility outside. So like, for example, you know, we were performing at the mina house overall, you know, like for seven years, seven days a week there is nobody after you finish you know like we have a commitment you know like to do like late show uh, someplace else in a theater like play you know musical play or you go to the studio for uh, movies you know and or to go to the tv for a tv show you know, like it's it, this kind, you know, like activity, you know, many movies, many uh, musical play, you know, uh, many t- uh, TV shows, TV appearance, you know. So that's this kind of work, you know, we've been uh, involving with. Between studio, between TV, between, like, uh, your place, you're working, like, every night, you know, at in-house Oboroi. And sometimes you have, like, uh, big bodies, you know, like, I remember, you know, we went once, you know, like, to the to the Russian embassy, you know. Was wearing saïdi, you know, Galabia and all this, you know, mm. <laughs> like to dance, you know. <laughs> they were celebrating the uh, Russian Revolution and all this kind of stuff, you know. Like it's, so this kind of uh, of work, you know, like. But of course, we didn't do like, uh, wedding and all this kind of stuff. No, it's a professional, you know, uh, professional work, you know, like it's uh, like real, uh, real theater, like stage, you know. Mm, and uh, uh, like one of the performance, uh, you know, I remember also, you know, I, we work in uh, Kuwait, like uh, in Helton, Helton Kuwait. Like this, it was around uh, nineteen seventy four, I think, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm and madame uh, raia and uh, and you know like other members you know we perform at the help you know like for one month and we came back to cairo you know like
1: that's very interesting to hear like those uh, stories and how things also like changed uh, because i know i think uh, right now folkloric troops it's quite a struggle for in egypt like for people to sort of survive and get jobs. at like it's like sort of like belly dancing and nightclubs and restaurants. Like they get kind of overtook. Uh, but it's interesting to also hear how many different uh, opportunities uh, were back then for specifically like folkloric troops.
0: <laughs> yeah. The whole scene being a change. Yeah. Like there is no nightclubs anymore, you know, there is no shows in the nightclubs, you know. I remember when we used to work uh, with Nagua at the Hilton, in the top, you know, the mm-hmm. top floor, which school called Alhambra. So, over there you have to wait at least one month to reserve a table.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it was like every night, it's packed and like, it's all table like reserved with every night. So this is tell you something. No, now, like all ballet dancers, they are struggling. They dancing like in a boat in a mile during the, the during the dinner. Because there is no nightclub, there is no, uh, pyramid like pyramid street nightclub anymore. You know how many nightclubs. It was like in a pyramids area. Nothing now. Mm. That's what all Fifi and all the dancers, you know, and like an Auberge, of course, one of the most famous, you know, uh, place in Pyramid Street. This it was... the the, the classy place, you know, the aristocratic people go over there, you know, the top performers, they were there. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about completely different era. This is not anymore. The folkloric troupe, now they dance, you know, like by season at the Balloon Theater. And if they are not dancing, uh, in a season at the balloon theater you know they go like look for another job outside they work with a dancers you know like behind the belly dancer
1: mm-hmm. i think also the so, idea of nightclub changed a lot like what we see now as a nightclubs it's completely different to what it was before
0: no there is no uh, no a real nightclub what are we talking about nightclub Mm-hmm. No, what's what's like uh, this kind of places right now? It's it is like uh, it's a private, you know, uh, like we can call it private place, you know, like but it's not a nightclub, you know, like mm-hmm. as an orchestra, you know, full orchestra and a. Uh, many programs, you know, like between singing and between, like usually two dancers and top singers, you know, come and sing over there, and mm-hmm. so it was like a big program. But this is not anymore now. Right. No, it's completely different system. That's why, I, you know, I feel bad for the dancers, you know, like, because I know they're struggling and musicians even struggling, you know, because uh, it's not enough work.
1: Right. Yes. There's
0: not enough work for everybody. And uh, like they go like for musician, they search, you know, like for recording studios, you know, and they offer their work, you know. Because they want to work, they want to, they make a living. You know, they have families, they have expenses.
1: Yeah, like also, what caught my attention uh, was that you mentioned that you came to New York to for festival to perform for Arab community. So it was some cu- kind of cultural festival. It wasn't like Belly Dance Festival like we have right now all no. over the world.
0: <laughs> no, it was under you know the Egyptian film dance festival. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I remember I, you know, the first performance at was Waldorf Astoria, you know, and that's where I met, you know, Mr. Bobby Farah, you know. And of course, I didn't see him that night, you know, but after I met him, you know, like, I told them I came, you know, and I was performing, you know, such and such, you know, and they said, are you the one who was performing with the cane, you know, and I told him, yes. He jumped from his chair and hugged me, you know, like, and they said, mm. you were fantastic. You were the mistake, you know, in the show. So I said, thank you so much, you know, so. Uh, and in the same time, you know, like I uh, perform, you know, like in um, Carnegie Hall, of course, everybody knows Carnegie Hall, you know, so New York City. And it was a show mix, you know, like uh, art form, you know, dancing art form. It was flamenco, Arabic, you know, so and uh, the second day I was going to teach, you know, I did the show. I enjoyed it. Everybody enjoyed it, you know, and everybody congratulated me, you know. So, second day I'm going to the school to teach. I find like a big buy for me, you know, everybody saying, Did you look at the New York Times? I said, No. Why? They said, You, Mr., you know, light man, you are uh, the light of the show, the headlight of the show.
1: Oh, I said, that's cool.
0: I said I don't expect this. I just I love what I'm doing. That's, you know, so uh this is give you, you know, like really, you know, uh boost you know to keep, you know, and work more hard, you know. To, well, uh,
1: it's it's always a good surprise to receive such message from a newsletter. <laughs> uh I can imagine but,
0: uh, like for a picture in New York Times, you know, and Mr. Headlight, you know, in the show, you know, like and it was like it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So and, of course, you know, plus other magazines and all this kind of stuff, the most important a magazine, international magazine talking about dance, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And your decision to actually move to US did it come from that f- festival? Really, not-
0: Mm. not really not Mm. really it became you know it's became uh you know spontaneous you know i I wasn't ready for this at all that's what i said in the beginning you know like when i came it changed all my life Mm. you know i i didn't expect it you know but after i felt like uh I did everything in Egypt, you know, between acting and dancing, TV, movie, you know, and theater and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I felt like there's nothing else I can offer, you know. So between myself, I, you know, I had a thought, you know, maybe I can do something here, you know, with all the background and the knowledge I have. So that's, you know, that's how I start.
1: Mm. and when you moved to new york you were invited to start like teaching classes but how difficult was it to start working with uh, american students with american dancers or was were you teaching something for arab community back then
0: no 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 no, no. it was all it was all american you know mm-hmm. and when I get involved with Mr. Bobby Farah, you know, the one helped me in the beginning and invite me to teach, you know, with him in his school, uh, of course, uh, nobody knows me. He started introducing me, uh, you know, like I start with two students, you know, three students, you know, but I didn't care how many, you know, and uh, I just, this is a long run, you know, like, long way, I know it's gonna be a long way, but I have the patient and the passionate, you know, for the dance. Mm. So, and I succeeded after a while, you know, people start knowing my, my name, you know, and uh, my classes start becoming crowded, you know, and, and then there's mostly uh, American, you know, and Canadian, and, start coming from abroad everybody stopping in new york they come to the classes you know and after i got started getting invitation to visit other countries you know Mm -hmm. so that's how it started
1: for you as a teacher what is the most important to teach or to deliver to students like what kind of like uh skill or message or like realization like what is for you important like for student that they do know it
0: you see uh when i came uh, uh, to the state it's the same it's it's the same like egypt you know the situation uh which way uh like there is no nightclub you know anymore just little bit maybe new jersey you know maybe you know like uh, like Queens, you know, and like small places, you know, for bodies before it was like big clubs. It was a big competition. A lot of professional dancers, you know, so what I'm mentioning this because, uh, this professional dancer who perform, like, every night, you know, because the club used to be open all week, you know, Mm -hmm. seven seven days a week. Uh, They come to my classes, you know, like, first of all, like, to increase, you know, their vocabulary, to see something new. Uh, My class is famous, you know, like, with the, the discipline. I used to teach them like rhythms, how to deal with the rhythms, how to deal with the music as an intro, as a finale, you know, and uh, middle section, dealing with the melodies, uh, dealing with Malfouf, for example, you know, and you know, like, you know, like I created, you know, some system like seven veils you know I bought something like called seven steps so like if you look at yourself you know like through your performance you are not going to go far from the seven steps you know so this kind you know this kind of stuff and it was very interesting for people to get all this knowledge you know some people they come you know like Dancing for them, you know, with me at a therapy, you know. There's not, of course, not everybody, you know, like, performing, you know. Uh, make them feel good. It make them, you know, like, give them uh, more to express themselves, you know, to free their soul. That's why, you know, like, they come, you know, to the class. And they will never have enough, you know, because usually I, you know, what I teach is like every day something new. I don't repeat what I do, you know, in one day and do it again the second day. And everybody, I am famous with this, you know, like everybody knows that, you know, uh, I on the spot. I don't prepare anything.
1: Well, your classes are known not only for discipline and not only classes, but even workshops.
0: (laughs) Uh, Did you you take my
1: workshop? Oh, yes. (laughs) And I'm absolutely sure many of our listeners too, like uh, this discipline has to be like on point during workshop that's non-negotiable. But also, uh, you're very famous for musicality and your interpretation of music like you really as a dancer especially if you're not used to like uh, studying with you and your style you really sometimes need to listen very deep in the music to catch why this accent is here like where is it exactly like you're very very precise on music and now you're saying that you have this uh, sort of like a superpower of choreographing almost like on sport, like, or choreographing so much, uh, with fresh material and fresh stuff for new class, uh, new, like, event. Like, where does it come from? Like, this, um, superpower of being so much in tune with music. <laughs> in your opinion, where does it come from you, uh, for you? <laughs>
0: Uh, 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 this is difficult for me, you know, because I don't know really. Because uh, let me tell you something. It's sometimes I see, I, like, I see the movement, you know, like, uh, I see it in front of me, you know, like before even I do it. So it's like when I'm cube graphing, you know, it's like a screen, you know, but. Uh, it's, uh, it's coming from where I have no idea. It's it's like, it's like bending, you know, it's like uh, composing music, you know, it's the same thing.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, this kind of idea, it, it, it just happened. Sometimes, you know, when I'm sleeping, you know, I, I dream with music, you know, like. But uh, sometimes I remember it, you know, when I wake up, sometimes not if I remember it. I have it in my CD, you know, like, I try to record, you know, the tone, you know, that's not to forget about, you know, so, and when I go like for the next, I try to put it, you know, on my, my CDs, but uh, don't ask me from where it's coming. <laughs>
1: And uh, for dancers, like, I know, at least on the workshops, you teach a lot of choreographies. I don't know, I I didn't take, unfortunately, didn't have a chance to take your regular classes in New York, but in workshops, you usually, like, present a lot of choreographies. In your opinion, for dancers, um, how important is for them to have, like, both skills to be able to perform choreographies and... To be able to improvise uh, to do improvisation like in your opinion where is this balance when like dancer maybe you have experience of coaching some of your students to prepare for their shows like you were mentioning that some of them perform and they want to increase their vocabulary so where is the balance between like or doing choreographies and doing improvisation for dancers in your opinion
0: Okay, we're here talking about, you know, like many, uh, many cases, you know.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, when I'm choreographing, like for a workshop, you know, for example, you know, I give many, uh, many choreography. First of all, you know, I'm giving my choreography as a guide for you, for the dancer, I mean. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, I'm not asking you to do it exactly like me. I want you to do it your way. Add your signature. Add your personality on it. Mm. Because if you try to copy, it's not going to help. Like if you're going to copy exactly. It's not. The body is different. Every, the the body by itself is being created different from one, different from one to the other. So, this is one, you know, one case. Another, they just take whatever they like from the geography. Because they cannot remember the whole thing. They just take whatever, you know, they want to increase their vocabulary. She liked this move, she liked this, you know, intro, she liked this finale, you know, and it's, but I have, you know, like, uh, I have some uh, uh, teachers now, big teachers, you know, they, they they are, you know, like, when I, when I look at them, you know, they they do exact like me, you know, like, <laughs> so... But in most cases, you know, like, of course, you know, when you go to the workshop, you know, you study with, not only with me, you study with many teachers. Like, if you involve involved in a festival, how many geography you can, you know, absorb? Not much. By the second day, you're already exhausted. hmm You know, so, Uh, this is a story.
1: But in your approach, it kind of even feels that even a choreography, it's kind of improvisation (laughs) because dancers still like they they need to bring their own uh, sort of take or personality into it and uh, present them in their own way. So uh, I really like how you kind of mentioned that it's more like a guide guideline, and then uh, to to let dancers shine with their own shyness.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I give them, you know, I give them some freedom. I say, you know, if you can add, you know, to get to the geography, go ahead, do it. Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. You know, just show me, you know, I want to see you perform mm-hmm. I don't know on a c b so and this is making them you know like uh, more comfortable, you know, I believe
1: mm-hmm. well, also big part of your activities and your life is uh not only choreographing to music, but also producing music. And you have, like you briefly mentioned that you have over 20 CDs so far. And I must say it's one of the most beautiful CDs with uh, Egyptian music and like popular takes on many like uh, known songs too. Like you have such a, like real talent of like putting those so many like layers and arrangements on, on songs that it's really like very inspiring and uh, uh i'm really curious so you mentioned that sometimes you hear music when you sleep <laughs> but in terms of working on producing the cd how is the process for you like do you kind of uh, compose those arrangements yourself? Do you work with other musicians? Do I don't know. Do you sing them? Do you know notation yourself? Like, how much, like, of maybe music knowledge the person needs to have to actually produce uh, CDs?
0: <laughs> yeah, this is go back, you know, like what I said, like my childhood, which was singing. So I used to have a beautiful voice, you know, and... Uh, I uh, I know the tones, the maca, you know. So when I start, after producing my CD, I go back to this background, which songs I was singing when I was young, you know, like, oh, I love it, you know, this tradition, classic songs, you know. And uh, I start, like, pouring the light again because I don't want the new generation to forget about this, you know, like. I get, you know, like in, uh, if you look at my CDs, you find like songs, which is beautiful. So, you know, but uh, some people forget about it. So I put it back, you know, with no arrangement, you know, and that's how it became famous about the melody. Like, I know what I want. So, of course, when I work with a composer, like, you work under my, you know, instruction. Like, I want to hear this. In this spot, you know, like, connect this to this. No. Uh, the opening, it's got to be like this atmosphere, you know. And so, I, I like, of course, I am not a musician. I wish, you know, like, I played, you know, uh, an instrument because I love accordion. And when I was like, when I was kid, I hold like my school bag, you know, in my hand, you know, as an accordion and I sing with it, you know. So, but what's up? This is funny story now. This is this. Uh, when I was like in a uh, fourth grade, you know, like young, you know, and we have like, music you know class you know in a school and it was winter and uh, I went to the music class and the teachers he was like his hair is like like a lion you know and he was teaching with the I, I still remember him with the blue glasses you know and he was tough
1: hmm.
0: and. Uh, he asked you know like many kids to say the solfège you know do mi fa sol la do so and he said you know I, I i was like small you know like and and he said you up so i stand up and i said okay tell me the solfège so i said do re mi fa so i attached to Fasolia. Fasolia. This is. Uh, is a green, you know. Uh, seeds. You know, green planet.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, we
0: cook at home. So, it's called Fasolia. You
1: know. Oh, like. it's the same word in Russian. Fasolia.
0: <laughs> fasola. Yeah, fasola. <laughs> he said, Fasolia. And uh-huh. he, he said, put your hand in the front. And he hit me. Oh. You know, with a piece of. Uh, like, it's not like hardwood in back of my hand and it was in winter it was so painful so from that time i don't want to go to that music anymore you know like he really you know make me like hate going his class oh that's why you know like it's Every day, you see, from the fourth grade till now, I still remember him. I still remember how he looks. I still remember how he hit me and all this kind of stuff, you know. like mm. so, so that's why, you know, I didn't learn, you know, any instruments. So, it's, uh, But the music was inside me, you know, all the time.
1: Well, it's so sad when... that he discouraged you from continuing music classes, but at least we are lucky that he didn't manage to hit out the love to music from you. So that, exactly. that's great for all of us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So uh, so when I work with, like what I said, with the melody, you know, so <clears throat> and some composer, you know, we meet outside and, you know, believe me, we go outside to a cafe or something, and we have the coffee, you know. And we start singing. Mm. And we say, okay, oh, this is very nice. This melody is very good, you know. And we start working like this, you know, like putting, you know, in the paper. You see, this is one of the composer, you know, that's, that's how, how we work, you know, and When we go back to the studio, we start like putting the guide, you know, on the machine, you know, and we start like calling, you know, we say here, we're gonna do this with the this note, you know, with the flute, and this is gonna be, you know, but the important thing for me is the background. I don't like flat music. Hmm. You know, even if there is a solo for any instrument. I like to be something behind because I keep shifting between the principle and between the core. You know?
1: So by flat, you mean like one instrument only?
0: Like one. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, like flat, I feel like it's weak. Mm-hmm. So... Sometimes I work, you know, like what's behind, what behind this? So that's my, you know, kind of my work, you know, with the CDs, you know, and even if you listen to all of it, you know, like you don't find any solo alone. You know, there's always something playing in the back because I use it
1: yeah i was just about to say it's kind of the same approach we can see in your choreographies because you very often switch to which layer and which instrument you start emphasizing with your movements so that's kind of the same yeah Mm -hmm.
0: exactly this is what you know they call the sensitivity you know like that's what i exceeded to reach like to give it to people you know I tell them sometimes you work with the melody, sometimes you work, you know, with the timbre, sometimes you work with the layers. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. This kind of shifting, you know, what makes people like always, you get the people attention.
1: Mm-hmm. And how easy is it to, like, produce and, uh, like, deal with CDs? Uh, especially now, Then we have so many, like, we have iTunes, Spotify, like, everyone kind of expects it's also, like, online. But how even, like, reasonable is from, like, uh, logistics point of view of to produce music and, and CD? Like, uh, I kind of have a feeling that... From music point of view, like musicians, they don't even earn any money now <laughs> from the music itself.
0: Uh, you know, like in, uh, we, start, uh, we stopped uh, producing, yeah, about myself, you know, and I know uh, many producers, you know, because it was like a big competition. It was a hot market, you know, when I was producing my CDs. You know, uh, it was in France, in Germany, in Egypt, you know, in the state, you know, like it was a big competition in producing CDs and music, you know. And, but we reached the point that uh, is not uh, useful anymore mm. with the technology and You are not making enough, you know, like even you don't make the money you spend. Right. Till long time, you know, you have to wait long time to make the money you spend on it. You know, plus uh, there is no sales like before. Because everything now in Amazon and in, uh, in YouTube, you know, and you can get whatever you want. Sometimes for free, sometimes not. So here we're losing a lot of money. So I know that's, I uh, thing changing. You know, so we, in the bending now, uh, on all the tradition, you know, music, and all the CD we produced, you know, and uh, like every time I go to Egypt, I keep searching. Or, uh any new music or anything there is nothing it's only what we call shabby everybody doing shabby you mm. know. Uh, I don't know what's shabby this is not shabby <laughs> mm. like whats what's going on I don't want to go to this point so mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's uh, everybody give, you know, different opinion about what's happening right now is like the ballet dance right now in Egypt it's like everybody doing shabby
1: yeah, yeah. but this is also a good reminder for dancers to be mindful about where they get music and uh, just talking a, a little bit more about like uh, music producing and even if someone finds music online for free like go to official sources and get there because this is the way to support music producers and composers and musicians so they actually can keep producing and creating this music otherwise we are hitting this situation that uh even like composers and musicians who may have like hundreds and thousands of beautiful ideas to put into music for dancers to perform they're just not able to produce it anymore from logistics and from financial point of view just because everything kind of like immediately gets available online and dancers do not think that even a small step of like each person going into official source and getting music from there can actually support uh music creators
0: All right. There is there is two ways now, you know, what's going, what's happening right now. Uh, which is uh, some of the dancers, uh, not many, like you can count in one hand. Uh, they produce one track. Which they're going to use it to perform. Everywhere. All right, mm-hmm. So only one track we're talking we're not talking about the whole CD. The whole CD is like about eight track or ten track. It's up to you, you know, whatever you know they uh, want. But right now, like what I'm saying, dancers they record only one track, you mm-hmm. know, like mise en mm-hmm. So and they use it like everywhere, and they then dan- like they uh, they dance with it like in a bodies or whatever. But the rest of the dancers they're using shabby music in bodies in a weddings, you know, in uh, everywhere he dance, But reducing like full CD, full tracks, uh, I don't see like maybe one or two. And this is like all the agreement, you know, and being postponed many times, you know, to finish the work. Yeah. So that's what's What's happening right
1: now? Well, last especially last few years brought a lot of changes to the everyone's life and uh, like dance community too. But I also want to talk about what is happening right now, not only in Egypt but in New York too, because you do teach classes and some dances. Uh, can uh, be lucky to actually go and study with you. So can you tell a little bit more about how your classes evolved since the very beginning, like you started in the 80s to teach in New York? How like they look now? Because you now have the whole academy, your own academy.
0: You see, in uh, the recent time, you know, the whole world has been changed after the pandemic, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it affects, you know, the students. It affects uh, the classes, affect, you know, like the shows, clubs, you know, whatever you, whatever you name it. Uh, it's not like before, mm-hmm. it's not like before. And I think it's gonna take like a long time to go back to normal. Like I would tell you, you know, like I used to spend, you know, like uh, eight months a year or nine months a year traveling. Like I come back to New York just to change my suitcase and go back, you know, to the airport, you know, to take the flight, you know, to a different, you know, three trips, four trips a month. And you can see this like for many years now everything's closed down. Every country, you know, like there is a restriction closing down everywhere. There is no traveling. Uh social distance, you know. Like if you can get, you know, like twenty people in a room, the size of the room. So there is a restriction on everything right now. And before, you know, like when I go to Asia or uh, I go to like Europe or wherever, you know, you're talking about 100, you know, people in the class. In one room.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Now, in some places, you are not allowed more than 10 students in a room. Like I'm talking about New York. Mm-hmm. It's the same in Europe. If there is a uh, class or there is an event and I didn't see any gala show or anything, everybody, everything, everybody uh, teaching online, which I don't believe, you know. Like, people ask me, like, why you don't teach online? You know, I, th- you know, I tell them I can't. So it's not my way. I got to feel the person you in know, front of me, there is exchange energy in a room. I'm not going to teach to a screen. I don't know, that's what I believe, you know, about it. but other people can do it, you know, so. If it's useful for them, it's good. But of course, it affects Egypt. It I picked everybody, I pick the musician, dancers, you know, everything. The same like here, the same like Europe, the same like Asia. So this is the situation now. We didn't know really like how it would end up, you know, like but we just take it right now. We just take it day by day. That's all, uh, all you are we can do.
1: Mm, that's true. Well, I'm pretty sure right now many of our listeners got very sad (laughs) because they are getting excited like to connect with you online and maybe study because uh, I I do absolutely uh, like understand and can relate that the energy, of course, it's different teaching in person and different teaching online. Um, But still, let's uh, hope maybe at some point you will uh, decide to either introduce or like uh, leave a little space for possibility of doing something online because I know many of dancers would love to study from you from all over the world. And uh, to online is one of the ways to connect, especially in the times that travel is so restricted. But also, as far as I know, like right now, so as far as I understood, for a long time, you just closed the classes. But now you start teaching a little bit in New York again, right? Or, or is it still yes, on
0: hold? Yes, yes. Okay. My classes is my running in New York right now. Uh, like my schedule, you know, on the Facebook and online and uh, for all the followers, you know, uh, all the information there. My classes is running, you know, in New York City. And uh, everybody is stopping in New York, right? <laughs> you welcome, you know, the door is open, you know, to join us.
1: Well, I definitely will uh, leave a link to uh, your uh, social media. Uh, where you just mentioned that there is a schedule for your New York classes. And maybe at some point, maybe, I've just like lit- decided to drop an idea for you here. <laughs> maybe you at some point you just decide to put a camera and stream your classes for online students so you don't lose the energy of seeing people live online, but also leave a possibility for those people who cannot unfortunately travel right now to New York. And unfortunately, many festivals are Canceled, so we can't meet even on the festivals but maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> dropping an idea here
0: <laughs> yeah let me tell you you know maybe you know like in future uh, I will let the students put some clip you know from the classes you know so on a Facebook or uh, on the media you know but uh, uh, like, not me, you know, like, uh, but the students, you know, they can but the club, you know, like, uh, I don't like to appear, you know, on a camera, you know, when I'm teaching. It just disturbs me, you know, like, it's. Uh, and when I'm in this kind of mood or my zone, you know, I don't like anything to disturb me.
1: Yeah, you know? for sure.
0: <laughs> but we'll see what we can happen in the future. We don't know yet. Oh yeah. it's <laughs> just like what we take it
1: by That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Well, in any case, I will definitely leave uh, links to your social media. So for all our listeners, I highly encourage you go and follow, uh, especially like Facebook, as I uh, uh, noticed, like you refer to it as the main social media, like uh, uh, spot for not only to keep uh, an eye on schedule for those who are in New York and who wants to join your classes, but also for those who are not in New York, but maybe to see some announcements, So, some little clips at least from the classes so they can take a look in the future.
0: (laughs) For For sure, yeah.
1: And uh, uh, before I ask our uh, final question, like to sum up our interview, I first of all want to thank you so much for spending this hour with, this, with us. The time flew like one minute. I didn't even notice how this one hour already like uh, passed by. So thank you so much for such an interesting conversation You're
0: welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. and for yeah, sharing all help. your stories. <laughs> Thanks, Ayanna. Thanks.
1: And uh, to sum up our interview, we have one traditional question, which I ask uh, absolutely all guests, regardless of what we talked during the interview. Partially, partially we talked about it with you, but it's, I think it would be a great way to summarize it. So, the question is, what makes you fall in love with belly dance, with Oriental dance, again and again, so you keep doing it for so many years.
0: Because every day I'm learning something new, and it's never gonna go away. So, like you breathing, music, breathing music every day. I'm open to all kind of music, all kind of dance. So, it's never gonna stop.